Hello once again, my friends. This is the Cover the Weekend podcast. Thank you very much for letting me be part of your day and downloading uh, the podcast. Lots to talk about NFL, college bowl games. But uh, before we start with the picks, <clears throat> little sports book talk. Uh, for those of you on Twitter, uh, my Twitter friends, I'm sure you saw it. Posted a photo of a find I made a couple days ago at an antique mall here in Southern California. Decided to walk off a nice lunch that I had in this pretty large size antique mall. I'm not much of an antique guy. I, I kind of think it's cool, but don't don't buy many antiques, if any at all, really. But I thought, why not? Took a took a stroll through this antique mall, and I found this cool sign, that uh, plexiglass sign that brought back some nice memories from the sports book. Um, as some of you may know, back in the day, using a cell phone in the sports book was a big no no. Uh, to that effect as well, taking pictures, either with your phone or a camera, would get you kicked out or scolded as well. It's the reason there are virtually no images of old Vegas sportsbooks, at least the inside of those sportsbooks. There's uh, some pictures of the old uh, storefront standalone sportsbooks that you see, but very few images of actual hotel sportsbooks uh, from back in the day, places like the Desert Inn, Dunes, the Sands, Things like that where they all had sportsbooks, but you never see pictures of them just because uh, photos weren't allowed. But I digress a little bit regarding um, going back to the, uh, um, the, the phone issue. Um, the sign I, I found says, State of Nevada Gaming Control Board uh, prohibits the use of cell phones in race and sportsbooks. That um, was back in the late uh, 2000, 2008, 2009, I think is when that uh, came off the books. There was a few reasons why you couldn't use cell phones in the sports book. Um, one of them was really to stop the illegal bookies from balancing their bets if they got hit with a certain bet and maybe trying to balance it out in Vegas and calling someone. But there's a lot of other reasons as well um, that phones weren't allowed. But obviously that became an issue. You had sports book staff trying to control that when virtually everyone had a phone. Uh, sometimes you'd have guys with walkie-talkies, things like that, but that was back in the in the old days. So uh, the Nevada Gaming Control Board um, outlawed that for many years in sportsbooks, and, and I know sportsbooks didn't really like to enforce it because who wants to go up to someone and tell them to get off their phone when they're just uh, you know having a, a phone call with a friend or work or, or whatever it may be. So anyway, interesting find. I don't know where I'll, I'll put that sign up, the old sportsbook sign that I found. But uh, pretty cool nonetheless. I'm curious to see what we'll be talking about 10 years from now um, that's changed in sports books. That's certainly one of them. The whole phone use. You can literally, someone tweeted this out, which is very true. You can literally live stream now on your iPad phone or computer. So anyway, ever-changing world of sports betting in sports books. But enough sports books, uh, sports book talk. We're going to head right into uh, the picks. Uh, for this weekend. Starting off in the NFL, we go to Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs are seven-point favorites versus the visiting Cincinnati Bengals. I've been very cool on betting the Chiefs um, when they're favorites, not not just this season, but last year as well. Since last season, the Chiefs are 6-9-1 against the spread uh, when they are a favorite. That's a 40% uh, cover mark. Uh, not very good. And you know, betting the Chiefs as, as favorites has been a loser over the past uh, two seasons. 
Uh, that said, I'm on them this week, and I expect the Chiefs to get a double-digit win at home this week and cover the seven points. Why? Well, first, their defense is playing at a strong level, still is, regardless of what happened against the Raiders last week. Number three in all the NFL in yards were play allowed over their last three games and six overall for the season in that same category. The offense has been the problem, in my opinion. Well, not only in my opinion, it's pretty obvious that uh, their offense has been pretty underwhelming, even with the talent they have. Um, but I, I think they get things fixed this week. Speaking of the uh, Chiefs having success on offense this week, the Bengals are last, number 32 in the NFL in yards per play allowed. Uh, so again, I think this KC offense should be able to fix some of its problems versus a very porous Bengals defense. Also, expect a big game from Travis Kelsey this week. Um, I think he's pretty fired up, pretty frustrated. And tight ends have had a ton of success versus the very bad Bengals defense uh, this season. And I think uh, the KC offensive game plan will involve a lot of Travis Kelsey targets and some of them for big games. Um, I don't do a lot of player props, but keep this in mind for Travis Kelsey props against a Bengals defense that really um, does not do well. Uh, allowing um, yardage and you know basically performance um, with the tight ends that the, their defenses uh, play. Uh, also, uh, a final note or trend that I stumbled across related to the Chiefs in this spot. Teams that lose outright to division opponents as double-digit favorites, as KC did last week to the Raiders, come back and are 13-2 and straight up and 11-4, and that's 73% against the spread. This goes back to 2015. So yes, I do expect a big bounce back by KC at home, and I'll eat the seven points with the Chiefs. Take KC minus seven. Okay, more NFL. Another NFL game I'll be on this weekend is the Falcons visiting the Chicago Bears. The Bears are three-point home favorites uh, on Sunday. The Bears' defense is average at best, right now anyway. They, they are playing an average defense, uh, in my opinion, and based on some of the underlying numbers. And their underwhelming offense doesn't inspire me to lay points with this group. I really like Atlanta's defense, especially in the red zone. The Falcons are number one in the NFL, a surprising stat there, in opponent red zone touchdowns allowed. And they're right up there with the Baltimore Ravens, and the 49ers, their defenses, with that stat. So I like the Atlanta defense. I've mentioned before on the podcast, defense travels, and I like Atlanta's defense and how they match up against Chicago. Also with Taylor Heineke under center for the Falcons, you avoid the, the ridiculous turnovers that has just hamstrung them uh, early on in the season before making the switch and uh, benching uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think that was a good move for the Falcons and just gives them a better opportunity to win games. I think this game could be close, but I think Atlanta's defense keeps them in the game and the Falcons cover here. Uh, Atlanta plus three on the road uh, on Sunday. Okay, on to some bowl games uh, for this weekend. First, we'll look at uh, the Liberty Bowl on Friday, 12.30 p.m., a little early start Pacific. Uh, I had my eye on taking Iowa State here, but I'm not keen on laying the 10 and 10 and a half that are out there uh, on the Cyclones, uh, especially since this game is being played in Memphis. So it is basically a home game for Memphis. What I do expect is points here 
in this game uh, to be scored. Weather shouldn't be a factor. It's going to be cold, uh, but no rain or significant wind should affect either team's passing games here. The total has stayed at 57.5. I think that's in part to Iowa State missing two running backs. Um, but what I've what I've learned in bowl games is that if, if a team with good offensive players are missing a couple of guys, it still doesn't matter if the defense they're playing against, pardon my friends, just sucks. And Memphis's defense does suck. Uh, even a third-string running back should be fine here as Iowa State's O-line is intact. And again, Memphis's defense will not pose problems for Iowa State. You know, Memphis games this season have gone over the total in 9 out of 11 uh, of their games. So they're very prone to going over. And I don't necessarily think this line is high enough at 57.5. I like the over here in the Liberty Bowl. Over 57.5 Memphis versus Iowa State. Okay, now we're going to go straight to New Year's Day, Monday, January 1st. Uh, look at both semifinal games and who I'll be on. First, we'll hit the Rose Bowl. Alabama versus Michigan. The Wolverines are one and a half to two point favorites. It's, it's pretty even in terms of what sports books have them at one and a half to two. So, you know, that's kind of the number and it's where it's floating around. I don't think it'll move much out of off of those two numbers, uh, but we'll see. Again, depending on the sports book, one and a half to two points, uh, Michigan is favored by. The key in this game, in my opinion, is Alabama containing Michigan's rushing attack. The Wolverines have a stud running back in Blake Corum, and they have a great offensive line to boot. Um, that that can't be denied. Uh, Michigan's going to bring that to Pasadena on New Year's Day. But I think Nick Saban will figure out a way to do just that, contain Michigan's running game, and make them pass, which is where Alabama's defense excels. Michigan, in my opinion, has not been as battle-tested as the Crimson Tide this season. Again, my opinion only. A lot of people think Michigan, uh, with wins at home against Ohio State and the win they got over Penn State, kind of solidifies their stance. Maybe, but I just don't think they've had as rough a road um, as Alabama. And Nick Saban is deadly when he gets time to prepare. Alabama is 13-2 and against the spread in their last 15 games where they have over 10 days to prepare for. So not only do they win, they cover when they have time to prepare. Uh, give me Alabama plus two in the Rose Bowl. 30-minute drive from uh, my home where I grew up in SoCal over there in uh, Pasadena is a 30-minute drive. Won't be going to the game. I'll be watching on TV and rooting for Alabama plus two. I also have a future bet, as I mentioned many podcasts ago, when Alabama was up uh, plus 700, plus 800. Some people got them at more than that. But I have a future ticket on Bama as well. That does not go into the handicapping uh, for this game, of course. It's just nice to have a, a future um, bet on the national championship and it still be alive. So that's a good thing. All right. New Year's Day. We stay on New Year's Day. Uh, Sugar Bowl, New Orleans, Louisiana, Texas Longhorns minus four versus the Washington Huskies. These are two very good offenses in the Huskies. Even getting to the semifinal game, in my opinion, is still undervalued. Um, and as most West Coast teams are, and maybe I'm biased to that, but I just think West Coast teams usually are a little undervalued, and it's happening uh, in this game, in my opinion. Um, they're getting four points here, the Huskies are. And uh, I, I think that's a great number, backing the Huskies and getting the four. There's a lot of hype continuing on with stud Texas QB Quinn Ewers. 
especially given his 452 passing yard performance versus Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State is not a juggernaut defensively, but whenever uh, a college uh, quarterback flips 450 yards on someone, that's, uh, you know, pay attention to that. It's good. What gets lost here a bit, in my opinion, is the Husky defense. They have a solid yards per play allowed this season, and that includes games versus elite-level offenses uh, that were found in the Pac-12 this year, like Arizona, USC, as bad as they were this year, their offense was still elite, and Oregon times two. Lastly, I don't trust Steve Sarkeesian. I give him credit for what he's done this year with a very talented Longhorn uh, team. Uh, the talent he had this season, uh, Coach Sarkeesian put it to good use, but I think the right ends for him on New Year's Day. I'm on Washington plus four uh, here, and I'm looking for an Alabama-Washington uh, championship a week later. We'll see how all that goes. Um, college Hoops, if you've been following on, on following on Twitter, our College Hoops plays have gotten, um, have heat, heated up a little bit, which I'm very happy to see. A little slow start, but picks are going very well um, as of late. So monitor Twitter for that. Don't have any College Hoops picks for Friday yet, but I will be looking at that and monitor Twitter for the College Hoops. All right. I want to thank all of you for a wonderful 2023. Your support and good vibes regarding this podcast uh, means the world to me. I appreciate you letting me be part of your day. May all your bets be winning ones, and here's to an outstanding 2024. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next week.